Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 293, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas, so grab globe, spin it around, bang, not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that is where we are. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey, meeting daily challenges just like you. That's why we're here, and we're having a Christian discussion for men. And unlike others, we aren't taking church answers, and we're glad that you've joined us. Uh, This has been called Deliberately Provocative and Unexpectedly Funny, and so we're so glad you've checked out our podcast. It's available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and at NoChurchAnswers.com. Please rate our podcast and leave a review. And of course, none of this wouldn't be possible without your continued support. Thanks so much. And at this time, uh, we are in a uh, middle of a, a study. Um, it's based on the book Limping with God by Chad Bird. <laughs> Just, it's been excellent. A little diversion from what we're uh, typically used to. And uh, it, it's, it's basically, uh, it's on Jacob. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to jump right in and just introduce the panel at this time. Uh, he is a former world-class policy writer, a current professional gambler. He's the uh, show producer. It's Mr. Steve Titch. All yep. right, Steve. A, a former prosecutor. He's an attorney, kind of the group historian. We call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Hey, and, hey. and, and, and back from a... Uh, a little hi- hiatus, or maybe a, a, a little, little, he had to work late. Uh, he is a corporate trainer, kind of the group theologian. Uh, welcome back to Professor Robert Koshu. Oh, hey, and my name is Bill Cox, basically a uh, working stiff and a uh, indie filmmaker stuff, and gonna be doing that some of that pretty soon. Anyway, I'm gonna jump right in and just uh, take this to Mr. Steve Titch. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, we are looking at the book Limping with God, Jacob in the Old Testament Guide to Messy Discipleship by Chad Bird. We're about midway through. We are coming to the, the, the reason of the title, the whole idea of the title, Limping with God, because Jacob is going to wrestle with God. Um, it's, a, it's the big event, guys. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, and I'm a wrestler. This, I like that. And and yeah, I, I figured you'd like this part, <laughs> Bill. Uh, but but in part, and 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 on a, on a personal level, um, this is this is one reason I was was looking to do this study because, in many ways, I've been wrestling with God pretty much my life, um, and I like have this. We all yes, and, and and I think it's something that that's that's common to most men. Uh, that that this is the this is what his whole point is that you know in Sunday school the Sunday school answer of course is we're all going to have a walk with God but really I think Chad Bird is onto something when he says uh, really our experience more is limping with God and Jacob kind of uh, personifies that throughout his whole life because he's a as we've looked at, he's he's can be an unsavory character sometimes. He's definitely flawed, but God chooses him, maybe in spite of himself. And so, we're going to look at this uh, this this whole this whole story, which Chad Bird calls. Uh, let me find the quote here. One of the one of the weirdest and most spectacular occasions in all the scriptures. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, I'm thinking about this. Uh, Steve entitled this section, folks. We have two sections to it. And he says, uh, Jacob wrestles with God. Now, folks, i got to tell you what, what comes to my mind. It's like me trying to pick up the leg of an elephant who doesn't want, to, doesn't want his leg to be picked up. <laughs> because God is omnipotent. 
God created the universe. Our earth was just a little marble to him that he threw out there and put people on. So how in the world is Jacob going to wrestle with God unless God just lays there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, just a thought, folks. We're going to get into that. I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot more. But um, let me tell you real quick, a, a quick review of this, folks. Um, folks, our marriage is made in heaven. We like to think so because we're single. Back when we were single... <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a partner. What is it, Bill? Okay. We men study the cute girls and dream of meeting the perfect one to be our wife. Right, Robert? Most of us have watched our parents struggle in their in, marriage. In the light of my wife's comments last week, I'm <laughs> taking the fifth on that. <laughs> Robert has told us in the past how he, he his wife was really cute and they met at U of H playing tennis. Right, Robert? See, I don't forget everything. I forget a lot, but not everything. <laughs> anyway. You remember of, the important stuff. There you go. <laughs> okay, so most of us have watched our parents struggle in their marriage, and sometimes they divorce. We pray we will find the right wife, and we will grow together in our marriage. However, we are shocked when we discover that our spouse kept some of the old selfish habits they had when they were growing up before we married. Because we too have certain very unreal expectations we must deal with to our marriage together. So marriages may be made in heaven, but the husband and wife are not made in heaven. Anyway, so in this podcast, we continue to look at Jacob, the father of the Jewish nation, Israel. Out of the nation, the whole world will be blessed. We learn that Jacob's parents were brought together by God. And although they know this, they show favoritism to each of their two sons, which causes a big rift in the family. Now, Jacob, the younger son, is very shrewd, and he tricks his older twin brother out of two inheritance. Then Jacob leaves his family in Beersheba to escape his brother's anger, and he goes to Haran, where Laban, his mother's brother, lives. Now, on the way, remember this, folks, if you haven't, God appears to Jacob in a dream, and he makes promises to him to make him a great nation. Now, when Jacob arrives in Haran, he goes to work for Laban, and he marries two of his daughters instead of just one, like he thought he was going to do. <laughs> so God must intervene for Jacob because Laban cheats him out of his wages many times. Now, finally, God blesses Jacob with many flocks and property, so he decides to go home. Although God has promised to be with Jacob, Jacob still fears his brother Esau, and he's afraid that he will harm him when he arrives at home because he never made amends before he left. So today we look at two very, very famous meetings. I think Steve has mentioned this as Jacob travels back to Beersheba. Number one, God again meets with Jacob, and number two, Esau, his brother, meets with Jacob too. Bill? Excellent. Professor? So, today is the birth of Israel in our story. Jacob becomes Israel, and God uses a moment in time to fundamentally change human history again, much like he has used other points of time to fundamentally change human history. And Abram becomes Abraham to do things. Jacob becomes Israel. And Paul, Saul becomes Paul as we look at all these. God chooses broken people to do his bidding. And I, I think that, that to me is always one of the busiest things. And I think Chad nails this. Dr. Bird nails this so well when he refers to it as limping with God. Because he, he chooses those of us who are broken and limp along our own way to do his work in the world. You know, and it, it, I, I love Mike's comment about what, what, we don't get all, all that perfect stuff when we get married. You know, because it, it reminded me of our pastors. Anytime somebody joins our church, our pastor always says, hey, I'm not a perfect pastor. This isn't a perfect church but we serve a perfect Savior. And I think that really boils down the essence of what Jacob is trying, is dealing with and coming to grips with in his life. And what, by 
proxy we learn as we grow about our lives. So Interesting. Uh, <clears throat> at this time, I'm going to go ahead and do the first reading. This is uh, Genesis 32:3, and also 17 through 31. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed the one in the lead, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, Who do you belong to and where are you going? And who owns all these animals in front of you? Then you are to say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau, and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second and the third and all the others who followed the herds, You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him, and be sure to say, Your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending ahead. Later I will see him. Perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he torched the socket. He touched the socket of <laughs> Jacob's hip, so that the hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. When I think about wrestling, yeah, and you know what, right, Mike? You're right. But I tell you what, I've had some hip surgeries, and I tell you what, they are torched. <laughs> That's what you were thinking. Torture, and that right? is, They are torture. Torture. And, 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 you know, and another thing, uh, another thing about wrestling. Wrestling is, I've done a lot. I played football. I was a soccer player. I've done uh, cycling and stuff. Wrestling is the shortest, most intense sport. We did three periods of a minute 30, minute 30, minute 30, or if it was tournament, like a minute 30, two minute, minute 30. And all your adrenaline and energy is just absolutely sapped out of your body. Mm -hmm. I can just also imagine a time in life. For example, when I was in the hospital, I'm looking at you, Steve Titch, when you had your accident, when you're laying in bed and you're wrestling with your mere ex with your absolute existence, I, I felt that. I, I felt that when I was sitting in that hospital bed during COVID. It was horrible. And I can absolutely imagine what Jacob went through. And it's not one of those things that that is just over like, you know, minute and a half, minute and a half, minute and a half. You're wrestling with it. And in my case, it was for days until I got out. Well, this, this as the Bible says, this, this wrestling match goes on all night long. And, and this was not, wrestling, as you probably know, is pretty much an ancient sport. Uh, so, so it was well known to the readers of the time of when, when, when these were scrolls as it is now. And... Uh, yes, the whole thing was intensely physical. That's that's part of it. I mean, you really you really can identify with wrestling. Anybody's ever seen it? And, and we're not and we're kind of think about the Olympics. Not, not WWE. Yeah, yeah, this is like the Olympics. Um, you know, college you're really, or high school. It's, it's you're grunting, you sweat. There's there's you know it's 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 literal hand to hand 
contact. Uh, and it, that's, that's, I say, also another part of this. It's, yeah, he is, in this case, touching God. I mean, it's not, it's not and, and not in kind of, you know, the, the Sunday school pat on the head or right. laying on hands. This is, you know, pushing, shoving, um, breathing, sweating. I mean, you, you really can, if you, if you get into this, you can think about the physicality of this encounter. And, uh, and of course, Chad Bird, and we've talked about it on this podcast, like a lot of uh, other Christian writers view this in view this as an as a proto-incarnation that this is this is the son of the trinity this is maybe not jesus as he looked at when you know he was lived as jesus of nazareth but this is definitely a an incarnate form of god and well i want to start is it is remarkable because pretty much jacob chad bird suggests that that Jacob wins. I, I think he wrestles him to a draw. But still, as as you're say, as you're saying, um, this is kind of incredible. <laughs> well, it it it's definitely a pre-incarnate Christ. And what I find interesting is this is not Jacob's first encounter with this being. Mm-hmm. He ran into him on the way to Laban's. And and what was the promise at that time? If you bless me. And let me come back, then I will follow you. And I want to say he started out with knowing Jacob, like we know Jacob. I made you a promise? Well, let me explain what I really meant with, about that. And I think that's what prompt, because we don't know why they're wrestling. I think it had to do with that promise. You know, it's very that, abrupt. Yeah. The thing is, and, 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 and we'll get into as we, we talk about this kind of, the whole Esau meeting is wrapped around it. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's a very strange situation because Jacob, as we've talked about, he's wealthy. He clearly, and the Bible makes a point, the text makes a point, that he sends everybody away. Move, go along. He, he remains there alone. So you wonder if there was some kind of thing, expectation in the air. Um, because it's it's something at, at his point, he, he's almost putting himself back to where he was when he was on the road there, all by himself. And then this, as it's, the Bible says, the man appears. And so he has this going all by himself. Um, it, it's an encounter that only he can go through. And it takes us back to your your the encounter when you're when you are wrestling with God in the hospital bed. It's just you. Yes. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, We hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back. This is No Church Answers. This is our podcast number 293, hard to believe. And we are talking about Jacob. We're uh, doing the study, Limping with God. Uh, the author is Chad Bird. Excellent diversion from what our normal texts are. And this is the dust up that when uh, when Jacob wrestles with God, and I honestly think that there are so many times in men's lives that they go through this. And I think uh, having the 2020 vision of the rear view mirror helps me identify those moments because although uh, I look at this as a moment, rest assured, I was in that hospital for like 10 days. 
at least 10 days having these hip surgeries and and because and we we don't have enough memory space to actually remember the whole intensity of it but i remember it was a it was the biggest drag i have ever went through in my entire life and it wasn't instantaneous and so and, and so i really identify with this uh jacob wrestling and and it's real it's clear because it wasn't that long ago for me and I was thinking about you as I was kind of well, recounting You, you that. were on the unfortunate aspect of doing it right in the middle of the pandemic. I, I, there were people around. Uh, right. Well, it was, I, 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 yes. I, I want to get them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I have a few things to add, but later. Let's, let's okay. Yeah, let, let's go back to something just before this. And, and you said this briefly, mm-hmm. folks. When, when Jacob wrestles with this man, this man magically appears out of nowhere. Okay. We don't have any identity. He's not Gabriel. He's not Michael that we know of. But he just shows up in the camp. Okay? And this is all, Steve, I think I mentioned this. Jacob has just divided his family and sent him away from the camp. Why? Because he's afraid Esau will show up. He's the only one in the camp. And he's afraid Esau will show up, and therefore he would be the only one left there. That's my personal huh. belief. Now, this is very interesting. That's now, folks, a legit thought. Uh, you go back to, to 32, the beginning of 32. It's not like Jacob has not already met with God or some of his angels. Right before he meets with this man, Jacob, okay, we say early in the morning, Laban arose, kissed his children, and blessed them. Then he went on their way, and then Jacob starts long, and it says, So Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. This is 32. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he's had a supernatural experience. He knows who they are. And he called the name of that place Mahanam. Now, so when this guy shows up, uh, uh, maybe a day later, a few days later, Jacob doesn't address it, but he does know he's an angel or he knows he's something, something from God. He wrestles with him. And again, folks, I'm still opinion... Jacob wrestled with him. He didn't wrestle with Jacob. He just <laughs> laid there. <laughs> but Jacob knew he had to do something to get a blessing from God. That's my personal belief. Now, that may not be true in one sense because if you look at the author suggests this, folks. He says God allowed Jacob to wrestle with him. And the same thing happened with Jesus Christ. And you mentioned that, mm-hmm. Steve. Yes, God allowed Jesus Christ to come here, throw off his power, and he allowed man to kill him. God came and met man where they are, right, in their place, and provided the wherewithal to do it. And, and here, whoever this is, if this is God or if this is Christ, the foreshadowing of Christ in this particular time, God took his power from him so that he could actually wrestle physically with Jacob, which is what you guys are saying. I, I don't quite understand why that occurred, but God has made the first move with us always. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, he planned this way back then to make the step toward man. Man did not make the step toward him. Mm-hmm. So I, I just find it interesting that, um, um, that God permitted Jacob to wrestle with this guy, and we're not given his name. He he asks him, "What is your name?" And he says, "Nah, I'm gonna ain't gonna tell you." It's almost it's almost it's almost <laughs> to me think. comes across. Who do you think it is? That's I I think that. So it could be an angel, or it could be the angel God, because he's appeared in other places mm-hmm. like that. You know, who Jacob reminds me of you know that kid in school, the little weenie kid that always go. Promise me, promise me, and then when it comes up, you go, you promised. When you run and just knock them out, you, you know. I mean, the the and use that as their tool all the time. You know, yeah. promise me this, and then they sneak around and make it to where you'd have to break your promise. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The little yeah. you you talk, you know, the little weasel kid that does that because ja- Jacob that's really a trait. fits that. 
Jacob really fits that mold too. Yeah, exactly. He really yeah, does. You know, yeah, bless me, bless me. I I don't know if I need it now. I'll need it later though. Yeah, you, you I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm, happy. Yeah, I go appreciate ahead, go your perspective, but I'm gonna I'm gonna speak up for for Jacob because yeah. I, as I said at the beginning, right. I really I, we both of us, but I really uh, identify with this aspect with, with it because I, I can see him whether it's wrestling with God, it is wrestling with God literally in the story, but with his with the worst aspects of his nature, we, we see that he tends, whenever, whenever, whenever the going gets tough, he tends to try to look for the easy way out. And God has been calling to him. God has been sometimes forcefully. And, and where I can say, I, I sense this has happened again in hindsight in my life because I've, I always had issues uh, with authority, um, uh, really throughout my you know, high school and college years, even though I was in a Catholic school, uh, in high school at least, uh, certainly through college, I, the, the whole religion thing and Christianity thing really had no appeal at all. And it wasn't until I started working and, and met the, the woman who became my wife that I came back. But even then, the resistance, and I, I was back, and then I was in, in, in a Protestant, in a, in a Presbyterian church, where, where, like any other Protestant church, they talk about the idea of surrendering to God. I've had so many issues with authority in my life, starting with my father, and in, in many cases, especially in my younger days, I was right. In many cases, you know, my father thought I'd be a failure. He thought journalism was a bad idea to go into. And even though, even though I was doing well, uh, he, he, he constantly would kind of bet against me. What I, what I like to say about my... Bet against yeah, you, yeah. yeah, right. What I like to say about <laughs> my father, and it probably colors, is that there's nothing more that my father wanted was for me to succeed better than he did. And when I did, he never forgave me. That is that is the, that is the environment yeah, I ro- he did woke not up. Not want you to succeed, no, well, he, he did. He, he did, to succeed, right? but he, until you until did, I until did, and did. and he was very and, and it was and maybe because it was something I truly enjoyed and had a passion for. Mm-hmm. Um, but so and and but you know and there was all the generational stuff. My father was older. It was it was the seventies and and. Uh, in many ways, his way of doing things wasn't really the best way of doing things. So, but point being, in those early days, when I would resist or rebel, I'd be successful. When my parents told me, and my father told me, this is the way you got to get a good job, job, no. I went down and knocked on a door and said, do you need a writer? And they said, yes, I do. We need a reporter right now. <laughs> Here's, there's, your, there's your typewriter. And suddenly I had a job, and that that made him so mad. That made him mad. I mean that that and and uh, that I was actually beginning to get paid for this on top of that. But uh, I I I'm, I don't want to digress here, but I just want to simply say I, I had for for most of my teenage life and most of my twenties I had pretty much relied on my own judgment, as I said, uh, leaned on my own sensibility. <laughs> And it worked. I was I was I was running a magazine by the time I was twenty five, um, and awesome. and and so, really, where I had this wrestling with it was really in my thirties, forties, and fifties. But because because ultimately, I should say, it got to the point where it didn't work. <laughs> you see that, that 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 I leaned on my own understanding and it worked fine until it didn't. Um, but. You know, I think all this time, in hindsight, God was 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 trying to get to me, but it really it really was a process, uh, and we both like to say we never had a real eureka moment, but did we have one? I mean, this this seems to Jacob, which, which I mean, an all night wrestling match, was a eureka moment that he didn't realize was a eureka moment to much later, and in well, fact, th- he seems do, to go right back think, to his life right do, after. This. Do you think that? Jacob doesn't have the faith. No, 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 no. I'm directing you because you're talking about this. God is is approaching Jacob in a very real way again. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something. Is it because Jacob does not exhibit the faith even after God has appeared to him physically? Or do you think it's because Jacob's stubborn 
and, I think and, it's and, a- and refuses to to accept God's plan. That I think I think he's stubborn. I think he's fighting. He's fighting God. He's fighting himself. God, in, in this respect, God expects something better of him. Okay. And uh, as we say all the time, Jake doesn't always Jacob's want to go down it. that course. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. He's rejected. He doesn't want to be <laughs> yes, the father of a yes. nation and, and, and the responsibility. And, and, and what's impressive, I always, that they, they wrestle to a draw. And finally, yes, this encounter is leaves leaves Jacob with a limp. Yeah, a limp. But it's, it's not as if... It's not as if God comes down and and you'd say he's more passive. I th- I, I I see a real knockout, dragout, pushing, shoving, um, grunting, and yeah. and finally <laughs> finally you know God has to you know dislocate his hip or, or injure his hip to to, to give it and and yes. but but it also you, you got to also this because it's a complex story. What Jacob wants out of this is a blessing. It's it's interesting because he's he's it is a it is a struggle. But he's got, apparently, God pinned or close to it and says, I won't let you go until you bless me. Yeah, that's his deal. That's his deal. He wants okay, a blessing so, from everything. That's a big that's deal. that's exactly why. That's he's his greedy. That's Even his with gr- God. Well, that's his greed. No, no. I'm just saying, though. The thing about it is, and in life, and I want to bring Professor in here because mm-hmm. I know he's been chomping at the <laughs> bit. But... Um, there's certain things that you do to validate your way to some people you're for a writer i mean you can consider your life in chapters you know if you're a a farmer in seasons and you know everybody has kind of a way of continuing through their life and but his way of going up is and, and to make sure he doesn't go down is to ask for a blessing from everybody <clears throat> on his way, on his way up, should he need it, he has it in his pocket, and and he is a stubborn individual. And you ask anybody who is an equestrian if the kind of horse that they want is a stubborn horse. Why? You finally train them; they will never go to anybody else. Why? Because they're stubborn. Once broken, they're broken for good. Like marriage. (laughs) (laughs) That was Michael Cropper. (laughs) Emails go to him. (laughs) Yeah. Professor. So, and and I want to refer back to, and Steve, you're going to have to help me on which Mm -hmm. podcast it was, Genesis 28. And at the end of, this is the whole stairway to heaven, up and down, God above. And at the end of it, he, God basically tells him, hey, I'm God. Here's the deal with you. And then in verse 15, he says, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. Mm-hmm. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And then Jacob, the next day, he makes the vow. This is when he makes the vow in verse 20. And he says, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey... I am taking and get, will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household. Then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set as a pillar will be, will be God's house. And of all of that you give me, I will give you a tent. So now we're 20 years later, more or less, if my math is correct, between the two sisters. And now he's going back. The promise has been fulfilled. He has... Seven. He has eleven sons at this moment, who can fulfill the promise of many descendants. He's very wealthy. Took off with a bunch of Laban stuff, probably, as he did it. And God tells him, "He, I'm not through with you." And I, I'm, I'm still, I'm really of the opinion. I think Jacob really sat down and said, "Okay, okay, let's talk about this. Let's negotiate." Because that was his style, right? He, he was a negotiator. That was Jacob's whole deal. He was a negotiator. He learned from his mom how to negotiate, plan, and plot. So God shows back up, hey, I get a tenth of all this, don't forget. <laughs> and you do all this, well, let's talk about it. So he wrestles all night with him to settle it out. And at the end of it, Jacob becomes Israel. He becomes... Yeah. Basically, 
you know, I, I like it when it's always the God of the of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And and I think we talked about it at one point. Isaac is almost a footnote between Abraham and Jacob. Well, this is the, the changing of the name is really important. Oh, big and, time. And it's interesting because even Chad Bird notes it, notes it. It still goes back and forth. It does. The rest of the book of Genesis. But when you get your name changed in the Bible, it's really important. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting. Robert, you, you said something that struck out with me. Because I thought when I retired, I'm going to fish <laughs> and do nothing else, buddy. I ain't going to keep going with this podcast. We're bound to end it sooner or later. <laughs> it ain't stopping, folks. It's Ooh, not stopping. Right. And I'm going, you're not going to let me out of this, are you, Lord? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, Robert, what you said makes perfect sense to me. When you retire or do a step in your life, a change of step in your life, he's not in letting you out of the commitments he's put you into him. He's got a whole different plan for you after you retire, and that's what he showed me. So, Robert, I think you nailed that right on the head. Here's, here's Jacob meeting with him, and he says, Okay, God, I'm back here. I want to form my house and get my clan together and everything like that. And God says, You're just getting started. <laughs> and, and I'll bet he did fight with him for that reason. And says, I don't, I don't agree with you, God. I'm going to stop now. I'm ready to go fishing. And God says, Uh-uh. You're just getting started. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the second reading. This is Genesis 33, 1 through 17. Jacob looked up, and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you, he asked. Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? To find favor in your eyes, my Lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. Then Esau said, Let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are tender, and that I must care for the ewes and the cows and that are nursing their young. If they are driven hard, just one day all the animals will die. So let my Lord go ahead of his servant while I move along slowly and at the pace of the flocks and herd before me and the pace of the children until I come to my Lord and sir. Esau said, Then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? Jacob asked. Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So the day Esau started on his way back to Sire, Jacob, however, went to Succoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place is called Succoth. Yeah, that is real similar to also a prodigal son. But to me, what I think it indicates, though, Jacob wanted forgiveness. And whereas if he was on the other side of it, he probably would have made Esau pay. Whereas Esau forgave him. Hey, you know, we're both successful. You know. But, but and he didn't say I'm sorry. sorry yes. Yeah. Oh, you got to go ahead. Say, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No, I think that's something very important why he turned north. 
because two things he didn't he didn't want to say I'm sorry to Esau right because with I'm sorry means you try to repay what you've done wrong that's a big mm-hmm. step and we saw that with King David King David <laughs> had Bathsheba's husband killed but to our knowledge he never apologized to her family and later that it turns out her grandfather was against him when Absalom right came after him so so the other thing that I see, and so number one, he doesn't want he doesn't want to have to say I'm sorry. If he says I'm sorry, then he has to try to repay him. Number two, he goes up north, and um, Esau wouldn't have believed him anyway if he said God appeared to me three times. Now, I don't well, think. I, I, but I, I I'm think not what's, sure. About what's that. interesting is that no, but, well, a couple of things. One, yeah, he he, um, he we, we we skip some of the text where where Jacob sees these four hundred men coming. And he's really worried that, because the last time he saw Esau, Esau was swearing he was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Because remember, you have to remember way back, <laughs> he got the blessing yeah. mm-hmm. and the birthright. And, and so, so he's, he knows he's in trouble. And he, he's figuring, uh, well, he, he's probably been worrying about this whole thing, the whole thing. So he, he just, we talked about the text, the text said, you know, he, he sends cows, he sends gifts. Well, and not he only that. He sends gifts and, and, and servants to say, your loyal servant, you know, he doesn't call it, your servant is coming. Uh, he bows down. And Esau, Esau seems to have basically forgotten the whole thing, um, or, or at least doesn't, doesn't seem to be holding it against him. But yes, Jacob, and, and now this is again something, something I could see myself doing, um, especially in my younger days. Um, he's just happy that he's not getting killed here. Mm-hmm. That Esau, and, and he doesn't, what's telling him, he doesn't really want a relationship with Esau. He just wants to know, will I be able to set up shop in this in this region, um, or I'm going to be at war with my brother and his Edomites, and that question gets answered, and then, uh, as I wrote in my notes, and then he kind of ghosts him. Yeah. <laughs> he says, "Yeah, I'll be on ahead," and then, oh, and, 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 and that's something as I'm saying, I've I've kind of done similar things, where I've probably pissed some people off, and then kind of. Been in situations where I couldn't avoid them, but found out they were cool, and then I just kind of weaselled off. <laughs> right. So, so, so I, I know um, exactly what's going on like here. Because I was a passive... I did have... I still do to some extent, but I, I, it's a real passive-aggressive thing. Remember, he, he left Laban. He took everything out of, you know, that he wanted from Laban while Laban was off, you know, tending crops or tending, tending sheep, tending tending livestock three days away even though actually in that case Jacob had some some righteous reasons to be angry here the shoes on the other foot but he does not he does not want to apologize and humble himself he just wants to say okay I I'm I'm he's not mad see me see me I prefer a winner and a loser <laughs> and and so there's something visceral visceral about a fight you know <laughs> Uh, you get you really get a respect for a person as a warrior kind of thing, but if I'm going to get uh, punked by someone, and I and this is the perfect forum to put this kind of thing out there, Steve is different from me. <laughs> me, just like there's a there used to be a T-shirt back in the '70s where there was a mouse on a hill and there was an eagle coming, getting ready to snatch him with his claws and talons out. And that mouse was standing there flipping him the bird and it said, laugh, stacked of defiance. And that's me. You know what I'm saying? No reason to run. And you know what? I, I am gonna, I'm going to stand there and take it. But also because of that, I also feel that I'm a little more forgiving about it, about that kind of stuff. Don't hold a grudge. I mean, whatever happened, happened, and then you kind of move on. People that are like that spend a lot of time thinking about the past and the implications about the future. And that can make, when you think about the past, that can get you so depressed. And you think about 
too much about the future that makes you neurotic and so um that you know when i think about this thing um it really obviously it ate jacob up but i don't like like you guys said i'm I think he's like, hey, my brother's on the on the horizon. Yeah, let's go see him. He wasn't that kind of guy. He did. He dwelled more in the moment. Uh, is it kind of what it? Well, this this fits Esau's character because remember Esau's character. Oh my God, I'm starving. Give me super. I'm gonna die. Right. You know what do you want for? Give me my birthright. You know. He, he he's very he's not dim-witted but he he lives in the he he's the outdoor guy that lives in the moment he's not worrying about all the other stuff so yeah i i thoroughly believe esau's like oh yeah brother okay right. <laughs> you know kind of birthright. thing well you know he probably remembered the relationship with the brother it was yeah. the birthright thing and eh, no big deal i got my own stuff yeah well he ended up with his own, he ended up being a wealthy man regardless of what wealthy. happened to Jacob. And and honestly, part of the reason I think Jacob sends all the gifts up frontier is Jacob is going, Man, if he's poor and I and, and now I'm and I'm and I'm now and I'm now not only did I run away, I got I got two hot wives, two hot maidservants, eleven eleven kids you know, plus daughters that we really don't know the number of, and yeah. and I've got sheep and goat and camel and c- cattle, yeah. you know, I gotta go and all on. the servants. Oh. Hmm. Man, Maybe it, I should send some things ahead. Well, I, I, Man, I wonder how many wives thing. Esau got because he came with 400 people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> probably away. wanted some more. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is No Church Answers. And we will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is No Church Answers. We are in Limping with God and the study of Jacob uh, by Chad Bird. It's been an excellent study so far. Uh, yes, I am pretty shocked too that Esau, but honestly, if I was to pick somebody in the story, I'm much more like Esau than I am like Jacob because I've never really been one of those persons that cared about stuff, you know, kind of like that. And man, I like stew. <laughs> and if I was if I was hungry, hey. man, I'd go for it too. So uh let's go ahead and bring the professor back in on this one. So I just think, you know, it, it like I said, I think it's that and now now they're trying to figure out how to reconcile and I think the rest of the story is gonna tell us how these two people ended up living next to each other. You know, and, and there ended up being some animosity between the Israelites and the Edomites over the centuries. And it really traces back to this moment. And and I, I guess Esau's family is not as forgiving or forgetting as Esau was <laughs> had they move on. But but Jacob really starts changing just a little bit here. He starts living to be Israel more than Jacob at this point. And, and I think it's interesting because, like you said, Steve, the text continues to interpose his name and flip it back and forth and that's really the only time that happens once abram became abraham there is no going back in the text once saul becomes paul there is no going backwards in the text maybe that's part of the wrestling maybe only maybe only only that's legit man only sometimes is he jacob and then sometimes that dude's israel 
Yeah. You know, and that and 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 how does that not show our relationship with God? Because there are times we follow God and do the things we need to do. Dude, I can tell you and, and there, exactly and when. And there are times <laughs> when somebody, just saying <laughs> when somebody is watching and the lights are on, dude, I'm making that church answer, you know. I I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but the times when I'm wrestling, I'm alone. Well, know. you're alone and you're and and it, and it really comes back to if we let's circle this back to guys. And we've talked a lot about this and and default back to king david we've done at least two podcasts on david no we've done three podcasts now on david and bathsheba why did david get in trouble with bathsheba he was bored (laughs) and 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 there's something going on with men today and this is one of those things i've been listening and following up on a lot there are a lot of men who have divorce themselves from working world and responsibility world. And those guys are struggling and doing things. Why? Because as guys, we're sort of wired to, we're wired to go out, hunt, kill, and bring food in. That's our, that's our, that's our, now we don't go, most of us don't have to go hunt and kill and bring our food in. We go hunt, kill, and bring our food in by showing up at a job, doing a good job at it. But if you've retired from that and you're not doing those things, you're living in the Jacob world, not the Israel world. And the boredom comes out and shows that. And I think David shows us that example. And and what's interesting is David is referred to as the man after God's own heart. And he's a direct descendant of Jacob. So it it's one of those now... Now we're getting to really the crux of the biblical story. And, and remember, this, the Bible is history, but it's not history. It's not written to be history. It's written to be a story of God seeking his people and calling people to him. Now we're seeing where this is really starting to kick in because now we're establishing a nation whose job is to go out and tell the world about Elohim or Yahweh. You know, that was the Israelites' job. And by the way, they failed miserably at it. (laughs) But that's where we're headed with this. And this is where this all sets up, is from this one moment where Jacob becomes Israel and then goes back and, and meets with his brother and sees that things can change. Excellent. And with that, we're coming down to the end of the podcast. We want to get uh, some takeaways from the fellas. And uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah. Um, this has always puzzled me, and I know I mentioned this earlier. So why did God come to wrestle with Jacob? Why did he come into the camp to wrestle with him? We're not told that. We just know that he shows up. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Deuteronomy 23, 14. This is very interesting. God did not arrive. In Deuteronomy 23:14, he regularly walks through the Israelite camp to protect and deliver. I've stumbled across this. God does not leave them. He remains invisible and undetectable. They are the apple of his eye, which means Jacob, he's very proud of Jacob. He definitely loves Jacob, but he made himself visible to carry out this promise that he we've been talking about now and includes wrestling with him. And we said, I I said, and we've said the crucifixion, Robert has alluded to it, God's wrestling with Jacob is a foreshadowing of the cross because he gave up his power to wrestle with him. He gives up his strength, he gives up his power, and he permits Jacob to win because it will occur again when Jesus comes to earth. Jesus will allow mankind to put him to death. but And mankind will go, we did it. We killed that false prophet, that false Jesus, that false guy that claims to be the son of God. They have no idea what they're talking about because three days later he arises and it's in God's perfect plan uh, to restore man to righteousness. So finally, 
couple of comments here. God approaches Jacob. You notice Jacob does not call God to come into the camp. God approaches him. God allows Jacob to exert dominance over him. This is impossible because God is omnipotent, but he allows it. And then the parallel here is when Jesus came to earth, he also forfeited the game, the wrestling match. If nothing better, right, Bill? He allowed man to kill him, and man was totally oblivious to God's plan. So the wrestling match is a foreshadowing, once again, of Jesus, because God came to Jacob's level to bless him and to carry out God's plan to make the nation of Israel a blessing to the whole world through Jesus. Bill? Excellent. Uh, professor, you have a takeaway? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to leave much more than what I had just a few moments ago, other than we all wrestle with God, and, and I think it's a very apt image of wrestling with God for our faith. And, and I'm going to tell people who grow up in those kinds of churches, it's okay. You're allowed to wrestle with God, and you're allowed to wrestle with your faith. Come away from it knowing that God cares enough for you to allow you to wrestle with that faith, to learn and grow in him. I think that that's really the ultimate takeaway here. Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch. Well, it's in the name. Uh, Israel, the, the name that is given to the nation of God, the chosen, uh, is the Israelites, the descendants of Israel. Uh, and it's not, it's, it literally means one who has striven, one who has, one who has struggled with God. It, it's an interesting name that God chooses for the founder of, of the, the 12 tribes, the founder of that nation. It isn't beloved of God. It isn't uh, follower of God. It's struggled with God. And that's, I, I think that's, that's so, nobody, you know, nobody could think that up. <laughs> and that's, why, why would you name the founder, why'd somebody, if this were all made up, why would you name the founder of somebody basically who fought with the deity? And, um, but it, it really speaks to our experience, as, as both, both, both all, all you guys have been saying, it speaks to our experience. We struggle with God, and sometimes we don't know why, and sometimes we don't know that, you know, until after the fact, we actually did. And it's, it's, it's worth noting that Jacob doesn't change much right away. It's not one of these, these immediate conversions. He's back to basically he's back lying to, to his brother and <laughs> and 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 you you mentioned what would what, what if Esau believed him but he doesn't he doesn't do a Mr. Scrooge where at the end of this he's, he says Esau oh thank you for meeting me I had I had the greatest experience um I'm a new man uh here take all my flocks I'm you know <laughs> Which he's, he's and, should have done and, right? and, no. and like no no he Not goes right. back to but no no it's it's that's that's interesting because the cha this is what makes it a more realistic story and less of a less of a contrived story is that Jacob does not change overnight he still it still takes a lifetime but but this moment is a turning point and it is changed because he limps now he'll have a for he will forever have a reminder of this of this night excellent and i just wanted a, a couple of things you know as you're a man you really identify with this lesson i can tell you a couple of things about it wrestling is really physical and wrestling is really done in public and a lot of times you are going to wrestle one-on-one -on -one, and it's going to be with god it's going to be serious and it's going to be alone and one thing that yeah, about this story that I really like, um, it didn't happen immediately. It was a struggle. And if it's serious, it's going to be a struggle. <clears throat> and with that, thanks so much for tuning in. This is No Church Answers on behalf of uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koji, my name is Bill Cox. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate it and leave a review. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or nochurchanswers.com and post it there. And if you're unable to attend a church, shame on you. 
Check out the Sugarland Baptist streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. Starts Sunday at 9.45 a.m. And when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF or Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class that you can join for discussions like this. And find that one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This is No Church Answers. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 